From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Ah, hell yes, Mr. Rob Rube, and thank you very much. I am Mike, my wife Jenny with us. Hello, greetings. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad. Hopefully uh, everyone, uh, including you listening, had a, had a pretty good week and of course a good week ahead. Uh, get to uh, what we did yesterday here in a few moments, but I had kind of a start. Cersei. <laughs> Cersei. Uh, oh, she's picking up a copy of The Eternals, and uh, last night we listened to, uh, there's the, the podcast, We Hate Movies, and they basically tear apart bad movies, and The Eternals, uh, which has a, which has an actor with a Scottish accent, uh, and no personality, was like the lead good guy or bad guy or something, but getting sidetracked here. Um, but like Friday, I told you that our uh, company had kind of a thank you cookout. Uh, no, didn't. Oh, well, okay. Our company had a thank you cookout for the employees. I mean, it was just, you know, your, your typical burgers and brats, maybe a little potato salad and a cookie type of thing. Mm. You know, the management cooked it up and everything. And uh, lunchtime rolled around. I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my free grub on, right? Mm-hmm. So I go into the restroom, which is predo- in the warehouse where I work, prom- predominantly a dude's restroom. Because I think there's only like three or four ladies that work on the floor. I mean, basically, it's like working in a Limp biscuit video, man. It's just a sausage fest, okay? <laughs> um, but I go in there, and then I hear, what the hell are you doing? And I look up, and it's one of my female coworkers, and I'm like, bip, 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 and she's just laughing because she's giving me crap, but she's just washing Wait, her. Wait, you went into the wrong restroom? No, we just had the one restroom. She was washing oh. her hands, and usually when uh, a female coworker uses it, you know, Uses the facilities, she locks the door, but I think she just stopped in to wash her hands before going up front to get food. Mm. And I walked in because, well, you know. Knock, Mike. Why? It's If it's not locked, I go in. No, it, you are always supposed to but, knock. But she laughed about it, and I. but for a moment there I thought, man, if this was like the wrong person, I could get tased. Well, one time I didn't knock when I thought something was not in use, and I opened up the door. Uh-huh. There was a person crying in there, so oh. it's definitely worth knocking. <laughs> oh my God, really? Yeah, man, they're okay now. They're okay. Was now this was a personal matter? It wasn't because of Correct. how bad the uh, the bathroom smelled. No. No. Okay. Yeah, but I, I kind of had that start because I don't think I've really ever done that to uh, to uh, you. I mean, it doesn't count when you walk in on your wife using the bathroom because that's married life, man. No, I walked in on you using the bathroom yesterday. I'm like, yep. hey. Hey. I got rich for teeth. Okay. okay. And she held up her nose and everything. Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever had that happen before, so it was kind of startling. But uh, food was good, and uh, thank you, management. But uh, yesterday was kind of a big Wait, day. you're thanking management? Well, it's it's outside of radio. So yesterday, uh, you and me, we, uh, we got up early in terms of movie theater going time, 11 a.m. showing of Thub at Man. Mm-hmm. And, the uh, Thub at the Man. The Thub at Man. Uh, the new, uh, was it Matt Reeves is the director, Robert Pattinson is, uh, the Dark Knight in this one. Not the, you know, Christian Bale Dark Knight, mind you, but three-hour movie, uh, tons going on, very dark, very gloomy. It was, uh, it was a lot to take in. You know how, like, sometimes, and, and, and by the way, I, I like the movie. Don't get me wrong, I thought it was pretty cool. But you know how, like, sometimes you watch a movie and you go, man, this is too much movie. And I'm not just mm-hmm. talking about the three-hour runtime here. I just like, there's too much going on. Maybe this needs to be, you know, decompressed a little bit, split into two. 
I kind of got that vibe with this one movie. I felt like I was watching a Batman trilogy Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Did, did it feel like that to you? Yeah, it felt it felt nice and long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was never really bored, but it just... I don't know, it kind of slowed down in some parts. But, like, it, it just seemed like it, there was a lot going on, and they had to establish that this was a different Batman. Like, I don't like how dark the Riddler was, though. No, kind kind of had that seven vibe to it. Yeah, I think it was a little bit too much, like um, the animated series Riddler. Yeah, the like John that. Glover version. Yeah. 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 Who put, who uh, who uh, played the uh, scientist that Poison Ivy killed in uh, Batman Robin, which was just hello there, Jason. Yeah, the worst Batman ever. Yeah, Jason Woodruff, the uh, I forget, I cannot pronounce that villain's actual name or mm-hmm. uh, villain name. Uh, but I I I liked it. I, I would it would probably be in my top five of Batman flicks. And by the way, I mean that's how many Batman movies we have now. We can do a top five mm-hmm. and a bottom five and have room left over for Batman flicks that we we leave out. Um, but I don't think like my 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 one problem, and this may not be a problem if they do the sequel. Uh, Robert Pattinson I thought did a great job as Batman. Yes, and, and I like kind of how they played up the detective angle, but. I think I think uh, moody emo Bruce Wayne was a little much for me. I did like him when he was just like wincing because it was a little bit too bright, even though it was like overcast. He's like, eh. right, right. He's and putting he on the put sunglasses indoors. Like yeah, a pretentious billionaire. Yeah, a pretentious actor. But no, but it was it was a good touch. But uh, there's a, of course we're going to spoil a few things here. But like the one thing I took away from was like toward the end of the movie he realized being vengeance wasn't enough. And he had to be. He had to provide a hope. Kind of, kind of like what Christian Bale is like. He wanted to inspire people, because I think in a way, his uh, when he looks at himself as Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, you know, and he looks at some of these you know freaks he's bringing down at the end, he feels kind of responsible for not just you know inspiring citizens to rise up, much like Bale's Batman wants to. So I'm thinking maybe that that's kind of a cathartic moment for Robert Pattinson's Batman, and in the second one when he's beaten up like three or four different villains. Uh, you know that that he'll be a little more. I wouldn't say like you know can't be lighthearted like Adam was, but just a little more upbeat. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. We don't know. But was but were there things that you did like about the movie? Oh yeah, I really liked how he portrayed Batman, not necessarily Bruce Wayne, right? But just small moments of you know him looking out of a window and emoting and stuff exploding at him and you see it and I said holy shit oh right 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 I'm not gonna spoil it but I'm like holy shit right yeah it's like wow it's like you got me and then there was of course a little bit of a natural disaster element to it like uh uh, you got me I'm in I'm sold I'm sold I'm ready yeah, but uh, I, I thought uh, um, uh, Jeffrey Wright was great as uh, Commissioner Gordon. I it's thought it's been two years, man. I haven't even seen your face. <laughs> it was, I think that might have been a subtle COVID joke in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, she's she's a great Catwoman, mm-hmm. and you could make the argument that she might be the best cinematic Catwoman mm-hmm. on screen. I mean, I like Anne Hathaway's take. Michelle Pfeiffer's is very iconic, but it's very weird because Batman Returns is a very weird ass Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Tim Burton movie for crying out loud. I didn't understand the penguin though. No, well, uh, I I liked Colin Farrell's performance because it didn't. I I kept forgetting that that was Colin Farrell under all that makeup. It was good, but it reminded me of De Niro's uh, take of Al Capone in The Untouchables a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
the way he looked. Um, and uh, John Turturro's in there as Falcone, as uh, as kind of a not not like a lot of Batman, uh, just casual Batman fans may not know who Carmine Falcone is, but he is in the comic books. Yes. Question: um, When it comes to the animated series, what are who are the two in there? Like oh oh, gangsters Rupert Thorne yeah. and um, oh, uh, Stromwell, because I'm cool enough to know this stuff. But like, uh, Fal- do you think that? They'll switch up the crime families a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? Because um, if they drop Rupert Thorne, you're like, <gasps> yeah. Well, the the voice actor that played Rupert Thorne in the cartoon is no longer with us, oh. so if they ever brought him. Yeah, the, the well, I don't mean him. John Vernon uh, passed away years ago, yeah. but uh, but like uh, <laughs> if they ever bring back the animated series, I mean, yeah, you could consider them and. Hell, like uh, all sorts of villains that they've created for that thing. But like, I, I the movie did surpass my expectations. But if I was to go top five cinematic Batman films of all time, I would go number one, Dark Knight. Number one, uh, number two, Batman Begins. Number three, eighty nine Batman with Michael Keaton. Uh, the animated Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which a lot of people didn't see because it was rushed out Christmas Day and gone out of theaters about a week or two. And then the Batman would follow that. So I have a top three. You have a top three? Okay. Um, so I would have to say third is the Batman because it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> but but you it liked it. It's good. I will definitely watch yeah. it again. It is good. Right. And Robert Pattinson is not too bad looking. Yeah. Not too bad. Hey, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> uh, number two would be, I would say Batman Begins. Okay, yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, and number one, Batman Forever. Batman Forever, really? Yeah, I memorized that whole scene where Jim Carrey's, uh, you know, oh my God. like on the kill stickly. I memorized that whole scene because it was so much fun. Yeah, but you know, that's that's kind of a... Th- and I did like Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of like a guilty pleasure type it's a of lot, movie. Yeah, I'm entertained by it. That's what, a, that's what a movie does. But like a lot of people ragged on the Joel Schumacher films. Yo. And, uh, but the thing is... I heard he has a car that can climb up walls. Uh, Shut up, Joel. Yeah, that was actually referred to in the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, but like... Uh, Joel Schumacher, if you were to take away those two Batman films, uh, you know, he did have a pretty good uh, resume as a film director. Like, he did direct some films. And again, such a nice guy. Yeah, according to Denny O'Neill, who, a late great writer of Batman comic books and an editor for the Bat books. Uh, But uh, Colin Farrell worked with him on a couple flicks. And while he was doing press for the Batman, Farrell said that, yeah, like, uh, he would talk to me and talk about how how hurt he was by some of the criticism of the movies and like how he felt bad for not doing better. And it kind of made me feel bad because like, look, I mean, like I said, Joel Schumacher was not the guy for those films. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know what? We have to kind of look back and go, you know what? That wasn't all on Joel because they did want the movies to lighten up after Batman Returns because they're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, here? I can't watch that one. And yeah, and, and so they went like, you know, weird ass Las Vegas, day, night glow, campy over the top Batman. And they were like, Joel, you're our guy, go with it. And, you know, he kind of took the he took the fall for it. And he wasn't the only thing that went wrong with that movie. Nipples. Nipples and crotch. I mean, he, he had a thing about nipples and crotch was crying out loud. But, uh, but again, are the, you coming on to me? Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, I was kind of hoping you would. Oh, hey, baby. Yeah, we're going to stop the podcast now and uh, take the boy over to Grandma's. No, but uh, The Batman is a good movie. I recommend seeing it, but, uh, you know, don't drink a lot of anything before the movie starts because, again, it's a lot of movie to take in. Wear a movie diaper. Wear a movie diaper. You know what? We need to go into business and create the movie diaper. It's called The Pens. The Pens. All right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, kind of switching gears because, you know, uh, Ukraine's kind of a thing. And in recent podcasts, I have defended Joe Rogan's right to speak because, you know, free speech and everything, even if you don't agree with what he's saying, and even if he is giving a voice to some people that you may not agree with, you know, COVID. Um, But, like, everybody was talking about how that's spreading misinformation, right? And, like, how that's bad. Because they don't think uh, somebody that listens to something has free will and can come to their own conclusions on something, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to uh, talk about a story I was kind of following uh, because I was at work when this was breaking. I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday night this past week. Uh, And I, of course, uh, whenever I'm in the break room, put the uh, cable news on mute because, God damn, it's terrible. Uh, But I put it on I put it on mute and I'm looking at Twitter and the story was talking about how uh, Ukrainian and Russian soldiers, just like Associated Press here. The, a firefight broke out amongst them, you know, a gun battle. And Russian soldiers were shelling the largest nuclear plant in Ukraine. And uh, for those playing along at home, Ukraine does not have the greatest record when it comes to nuclear energy. You might have heard of this really neat hot spot of a vacation destination known as Chernobyl. Um, but, you know, that started panicking people a little bit. And, yeah. there, and, and there was reports that radiation may have been leaking out of this thing right then like they're, they're reporting this in real time and then they're like uh no there's no radiation it's just you know a gunfight but no radiation no major active reactor has been hit and then it comes out that no nothing has hit any of the reactors it was just an administration building at the nuclear facility that got hit with a lot of gunfire then the next day <laughs> it comes out that it wasn't, there was no bullets fired at all at the nuclear facility that the press was talking about. It was in a building just down the road or something. And I'm still waiting for the report to come out and say, no, 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 it was just one Ukrainian and one Russian throwing breadsticks at each other at an Olive Garden in Kiev. You know, because it was just, it, that the story kept changing. You know, and and when that happens in the press, they might issue a correction or roll with it, but it's not like anybody goes, okay, we need to, you know, cut down on this and find them for saying this or you know take their away their twitter or facebook accounts or whatever but the story was kind of ongoing and nobody knows what the hell's going on because it's like you know 10 12 time zones away you know it's half a world away seven seven time zones how in the hell did you know that uh i can do math (laughs) i'm good with calculations to uh uh, quote another batman movie there but Mm -hmm. Well, Eastern Time is five hours less than Greenwich Mean Time. Okay. And then Ukraine is right. two time zones. Yeah. East. But this this thing was kind of breaking, and, like, you know, it, it's kind of like that old game Telephone where, you know, you say one thing, and then 10 or 12 people later, it's a completely different message. And you really don't know what's going on. And so you have to kind of 
keep your powder dry, so to speak, when it comes to any information that comes to you. Hi, baby. Be it, be it a bloated cable news network that's part of a, a big corporate conglomerate, or your crazy aunt that likes to send weird YouTube videos about conspiracies, right? That's, that's my whole take. It shouldn't be up to another entity to decide for you what is true and what is not true, because... There's the truth. And, and the there's truth. the truth. <laughs> you have to figure it out on your own. You know, and I'm just it's thinking, all about perspective. Yeah. Either it didn't happen or it did, or this is where you were when it happened. Yeah. And and by the way, I'm not a big fan of Putin, but if, if I'm seeing in the news uh, Russian soldiers are firing out a nuclear reactor, you know, you got Putin had to be going at least one moment. Oh, God damn it. Just slapping his head. You know, because why would you shoot at a reactor? Yes. This is what I was thinking. Okay. You remember that scene from um, The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. <laughs> More Batman. But yeah. Well, oh, the, the animated without orders. Yeah. Kids today, no respect. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that was a direct DVD. That's actually a pretty good Batman It is movie. a very good Batman Good, a, Good adaptation to Frank Miller. Yeah, this is almost kind of the uh, semi-all-Batman podcast or episode of the podcast, but... Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I was coming from on that, and you know, it was terrifying though. I was following that, but you know, I, I took to Twitter, and there was this guy who said, "I work, I work for a nuclear power plant. They don't explode like they used to." No, well, they they usually, and again, I'm not a nuclear physicist, but like, uh -huh. I, yeah, no. I make coffee. <laughs> yeah, um, but like the reactors themselves, I mean, there's several feet thick of concrete shelling these places. So, like, it would take a hell of a lot of bullets just to penetrate that. Is that a bazooka? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so. Mike. What? Dark Knight. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We were talking, I thought we were off of the Batman stuff. We no. were getting into the nuclear physicist stuff now, oh, but. He found, a, he found a comic book. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was just some of the stuff that was going on. And then, like, uh. Okay. Speaking of uh, Ukraine, Talia uh, Agul. Uh, Talia Agul, yeah. Ukrainian. No, uh, I think she's Arabic. Cool. Random Batman reference. Uh, but uh, I guess Karma uh, visited jo Joy Behar, and of course that's the most ironic name to give this woman, Joy Behar, one of the co-hosts of The View. You remember a few, uh, a few weeks ago if I asked you if you would watch a show with four women talking, and you said no. What? Yeah. Uh, apparently, I think it was like Thursday or Friday. She, I think it was Thursday. This is live on television, and um, he's got Bride of the Demon. Yeah, and she's uh, walking up on stage, and she trips and falls face first on the floor on live television. And there, <laughs> yeah, everybody's saying this is karma because a week before she was, uh, you know, wringing her hands, clutching her pearls about how the Ukrainian conflict. Could ruin her summer vacation to Italy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a woman who claims to speak for all women, apparently. No, she doesn't. No. But, again, I... Do not speak for me. Do not speak for me. Yeah, I know. Your politics bore me. <laughs> but, um, anyway, what I'm getting at is, like, when, when he gets to this point, and I'm guilty because I've listened to... Some media people. You watch the View? No, never, <laughs> ever. But I've listened. I have favorite hosts on radio and television, and uh, I'm not going to list them all. But basically, you know, when you get to be successful, you get to be rich, you get to get into higher tax brackets, and you cease to really connect with your audience in some ways. 
Yeah, don't you mean lower tax brackets? Well, if you get to be famous, you're in a higher tax bracket. Lower. No, lower tax bracket means. I, well, I mean, if you get make more money, they're going to tax you more. Oh. But um, but you you know you start to not connect with your audience, and I don't know many people who. You know, every year take a vacation to Italy like it's going down to Holiday World or King's Island. I was wanting to go to Holiday World. See, yeah. but hey, Next year. Next spring year. Spring break, take off for your vacation. All right, we'll see what I can do. Um, but it just, it struck, struck me as tone deaf, that kind of comment. Oh, I'm worried my Italian vacation could be ruined. That, no, that... That's not what we're no. No, that's no. not that's not the tragedy here. I mean, if no. you're so heartbroken about it, go to Florida or something. If you're so heartbroken about it, <laughs> just shut the hell up. Exactly. It's just like, well, I had a customer who was really upset about how we didn't have something on tap. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We have a way to fix that. And then she was just making the biggest deal about it. Right. You're just like, ugh. And I yeah. turned to someone. I said. People are dying all over the world, and she's upset about that. I'm like, no. Right. So she was basically your Joy Behar. Yes. God damn. Yeah. And 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 I I think back to uh, you know my radio training days uh, when uh, Mr. Toledo, the gas man, told me whenever I was on radio, be real, be relatable, so you can talk to your audience and connect with them on something. And it may not necessarily be you agreeing with them on everything, but at least you have kind of a ballpark idea of where they're coming from and you can connect and have casual conversations because i guarantee you a mother of uh, several children staying at home trying to get everything done has the tv on and she sees this woman talking about oh my italian vacation's ruined because of war is not going preach on girl there's no effing way you're like where's my wife swap <laughs> That might actually be um, uh, somewhat better. I love wife swap, like the old school ones. Yeah, show those. 2000s. I'm sure. I'm sure those are on uh, on during the day somewhere in cable. Lifetime. Lifetime. My favorite channel. It's all or nothing. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of television and uh, complaining about TV, the FCC. It's been about several weeks since uh, the Super Bowl happened. And that was the uh, the halftime show with Dr. Dre. Uh, upside down, fifty cent. Upside down, fat fifty cent. Zero uh, five. Zero five. Um, uh, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, and uh, Kendrick Lamar and Eminem, and it was. I keep re I keep forgetting Kendrick Lamar was there. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody was surrounded by so many friggin' rap icons. I mean, when I can recognize, yeah. when I'm a rock guy and I can recognize the songs they're doing because like this stuff was playing in college when when I was going to college. Um, it got complaints from the FCC. I think that's just an annual tradition word. There's a halftime show. There's complaints to the FCC. 33. 33. Not a lot when you think about how there's what? complaints about the halftime show to the FCC. When you think about maybe a few years ago with the uh, J-Lo and Shakira halftime show, which I like to call uh, uh, the hips and ass halftime show, right? Uh, they got like 1,300 and with uh, you know Janet Jackson's boob gate years back, I forget about it. But I want to say this: it, it, you know, you hear me complain about cancel culture, you know, especially with uh, people who are woke. It happens too at the right. So anybody who's listening to me, if you don't like listening or watching something, please just turn it off and quit complaining to the government about it. 
It's a halftime show, man. I, I remember like when I was like 12 years old and they didn't have good acts for the Super Bowl time. It was, you know, like uh, Hooray for Everything on the Simpsons, that Thanksgiving episode. Halftime shows were like that. And nobody gave a flying flip about them. In fact, we were kind of shocked that the boob was shown uh, during the Janet Jackson one because I was at Hooters of all places and nobody was paying attention to the Super Bowl show. Christian school. Christian school. That's right. You were there when that happened. Uh-huh. But again, just stop complaining to the government about every little thing. You can be your own police. You can make your own decisions. If you're a parent and you don't want them watching Dr. Dre, don't have them watch Dr. Well, Dre. I wanted to watch Beetlejuice, and I said no. Right. You know, wait a few years and you, so you can put things in the context because she's still four. It's a PG movie, and he gets to say the F-bomb in that. I don't know how they... I don't, well, if he's Michael Keaton, he can get away with anything. Oh, it's like 80s yeah. movie ratings right which i always like it's one letter grade below what it should be (laughs) yeah so we go from people not liking uh the 33 american people of all the hundreds of millions of people that live here not liking the halftime show the super bowl too do they like french vanilla creamer and they're coughing i don't know uh bob's boomer thing i've ever heard bob odenkirk not liking a famous Saturday Night Live sketch. Of course, he's the star of Better Call Saul, uh, which is in, it's in the final season uh, this year. Uh, and he's got a new uh, memoir out called Comedy, 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 Drama. And he was a writer for Saturday Night Live back in the day. You know, it, 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 kind of a weird uh, career path. Like He went from writer to star of a hit drama. But here we are. And he was talking about how back in the day, you know, he would write stuff for Chris Farley. And in Didn't the, he write stuff for uh, Ace Ventura? Because I swore he did. He may have. Yeah. I would have to look that up. I'm pretty sure because I can see the credits in my head and it said Odenkirk. But he hated the famous Chris Farley, Patrick Swayze, Chippendales dance-off. Aww. It is an iconic sketch. And it's and he says it was... He, just, he said in the book, F that sketch. And... He was on Howard Stern this week kind of explaining it. And, and Odenkirk loved Chris Farley because he worked with him. And he wrote the Matt Foley motivational speaker sketches. His take on it was that he felt like the only reason that people laughed at it was because he was fat and not good looking. And that was kind of the punchline at the end when the judges couldn't figure out why, you know, Patrick Swayze was the better dancer between him and Chris Farley. And he felt like that was kind of a, a hit to Chris Farley's confidence. And Chris Farley had to go and get cheap laughs rather than just, you know, play up a joke's punchline. And that's why he hated that sketch. And so it's it's a little jarring at first when you hear some because I love that sketch. So it's, it's weird to hear him say that, but I kind of get where Bob's coming from because Chris Farley would go for cheap laughs a lot of times because he felt like that was the only way he could do things. Big boy, fall down, go boom. That, that's exactly Bob's complaint about it. but Fatty fall, go boom. Yeah. But uh, I loved I loved the sketch because I don't necessarily see that as him as a you know shirtless fat guy just falling on his ass. He's really dancing his ass off in that, in that sequence. And yeah, it was a very hurtful comment, but I mean, that's the punchline. But he was giving his all in that. If anything... That's one of the better Chris Farley sketches because he wasn't necessarily just falling through a table or showing his ass. He was actually, okay, yeah, he's fat, he's got man boobs, but he's dancing, and he's uh, he was a very nimble 
actor for a guy his size. He was still he Flexible. was yeah he was doing he was giving his all, and that's what made the sketch. Because if it was just him rubbing his nipples, nobody's going to laugh at that. At least I hope nobody's going to laugh at that. But I get where Bob was coming from because I think you know the self-image problem with with Chris Farley kind of led to him, you know, drinking harder and doing blow and all that other stuff that eventually led to him dying. But he said that Chris Farley was a very sweet dude, and there's something to that because this past year I've watched both Billy Madison and Tommy Boy, and I love Tommy Boy. Billy Madison has not aged well. Mm-mm. I like Adam Sandler as a person. I've never met him, but like in interviews, he's genuinely funny, and he seems like a really nice guy. But he's just an obnoxious man child in this. It's just grating. Whereas if you watch Tommy Boy, yeah, you know, Chris Farley's guy is a man-child. But he's like the man-child you'd love to have a beer with. Like, he's just a nice dude. You feel that in the character. You know, and I know it's kind of a sophomoric movie, but Tommy Boy, you really do feel that. And, you know, it's it's a damn shame. He loved his he loved his dad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the other thing, too, is like he wanted to save his dad's business. And so it's, it's, a, very, it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very funny movie. Um, but I, but you know, I don't agree with Bob Odenkirk on the sketch, but I kind of get where he's coming from on that, mm-hmm. because you know, you, you would love people just to take you on the merits of your own talent sometimes, and Farley was a talented dude. Now I'm not going to hate on, you know, Chris Farley's sketch acting, but we got to wrap up the podcast by hating uh, on this uh, this really stupid poll that recently came out. Uh, in your opinion, there's no wrong answer here. What is the best show of all time, comedy or drama, in your opinion? What do you love? Wow, you really didn't give me any parameters. <laughs> there's no right or wrong answer, but just if, if you're thinking of the greatest show of all time. Something Futurama. You love Futurama. That's a well-written show. Yeah. It's kind of a cult classic, but I mean, it's, it's a very well-written show, and it's funny. Now, with me, it would be Breaking Bad as a drama. I would have to also say the earlier seasons of The Simpsons, because that show was funny. Uh, This recent poll, YouTube, um, uh, I guess they went to one poll to determine the best TV show ever among uh, 2,000 American adults. I want to give you the top three. Number three is Game of Thrones. Now, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but there was a lot of people that loved that show, despite the fact that it didn't end well with a lot of fans. But, like, that was a show that a lot of people loved and watched, right? Number two, Seinfeld. Again, great comedy, very iconic, a show about nothing that made both Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David very, very effing wealthy. Number one. The greatest show of all time, according to this dumbass poll, Friends. WTF. What? God, why? I remember a lot of my classmates were into Friends. Well, how old were your classmates? Like teenagers. Exactly. But as you're, as an adult, if you, I remember watching them at, some episodes in my late teens, early 20s, going, okay, that's kind of funny. You know, you know, just you know, these are some funny characters, but if you try watching an episode now, like I'm 42, it also grading like Adam Sandler. I try to watch 
an episode or two when it was, I think it's all on Netflix or something. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. This right. is just not funny. When you, when I you. I don't get it. When you realize that Rachel, the, the Jennifer Aniston ca- character, is very self-absorbed and snotty, and David Schwimmer, who pines over her, is kind of a s- obsessive fanboy nerd. How in the hell does anybody root for that? And I'm looking at this list, and Breaking Bad is not even in the top 20. Uh, Give me some more. (laughs) Uh, The Sopranos came in at number 13. That was a very iconic drama for HBO. Uh, Some other shows that are questionable. American Dad came in at number 15. No way. Yeah. Uh, Family Guy was on here. Twin Peaks, that was more of a cult show. Like I, that was a buzz show for like a couple seasons. No way that's more iconic than Breaking Bad. No, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no way is that more iconic than uh, Mad Men or anything like that. Eh. Sex in the City comes in at fourteen. Ugh. Uh, Big Brother at number twenty. A reality show comes in at number twenty. Man, I don't know. Where's I, Married at First Sight? What's not on there? <gasps> it's. I guess when it comes to all or nothing, it's nothing for them. But <laughs> she just made the meanest face at me. But I mean, some shows just don't age well. I don't think Friends did. Is you know, and a lot of people watched it back in the day. But like, there's just something about because that was the crux of the show was the Rachel Ross thing, and it just it just doesn't work for me. I and tried. I'm like, yeah, no. And that's why. And I think you know, also kind of you know, kind My of classmates rap- were like. Do you want to watch Friends? I'm like, okay. Yeah, no. I don't get it. I'm just going to sit here and read. But I, th- I think that was kind of a thing with, uh, you know, writers because, you know, writers grow up nerdy. They go out to Hollywood and they think, oh, man, if only if only that hot cheerleader chick would have gone out with me. Oh, let's make a show about that. Let's, let's make that Friends. And it's just like, no, no, just move on. Move on. <laughs> it's not relatable to me. Again, it all goes down to re- relatability there, huh? Joy Behar? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the episode for the day and uh, who knows what the hell's going to happen in Ukraine next or what other stupid show people are going to obsess about but uh, uh, if you have any questions comments uh, you know we got the I'm definitely concerned about America or about friends liking being liked in America or Ukraine Ukraine friends and concerned about alright until next week talk to you later You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 